This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey movie addicts, welcome to Cinema Fix, your stop for the purest, highest quality movie reviews on the block. I'm Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined today by my fellow dealer, Monica Castillo. Hello, Andrew. How are you doing today, Monica? I am in the biggest ball gown you have ever seen in your entire life, and I am surrounded by a life stage. Well, that's good. That's perfect. I totally set up the scene for Anna Karenina. <laughs> you did. You did. This is episode 29 of Cinema Fix, focused on the movie Anna Karenina. If you're new to Cinema Fix, basically this is the show on Film Geek Radio focused on discussion of mainstream blockbuster films. We are here to satisfy your addiction to quality conversation about the movies. And each week we release an episode in two parts. The first part, which you're listening to right now, is a 10-minute long, spoiler-free review of the film. That way you can get an idea of what we thought about it and whether or not it's worth your time. The second part is a much more in-depth analytical discussion that does contain spoilers. So if you've seen the film and you would appreciate that kind of conversation about what works and what doesn't, definitely listen to part two. This week, the movie we're talking about is Anna Karenina. Monica, why don't you give our listeners a little more information about the film? Great. Um, so this movie was a de- it was directed by Joe Wright, who previously did uh, Pride and Prejudice and Atonement, and his latest was Hannah. Anna Karenina is adapted by the famous literary work by Leo Tolstoy, and Kira Knightley plays the titular character. She's an aristocrat in 19th century Russia and married to a government official played by Jude Law who Craig Lindsay in last week's episode affectionately called a mangina. Yes, and we, we will talk about that. Yes, we will. However, she begins an affair with this guy named Count Vronsky. You know, that's a name you want to go after, who's played by <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson. And now she has to choose whether she wants to follow her heart or the social mores of Russian society. All right, here's a clip. Can I be of service to you? Why are you leaving Moscow? What else can I do? I have to be where you are. Stop, that's enough. Go back to Kitty. This is wrong. It makes no difference. You have no right. It makes no difference. You must forget me. If you're a good man, you'll forget everything. And you, will you forget Yes. All right, this is part one of our episode on Anna Karenina, so we're just going to take ten minutes to give some general thoughts on the movie. I'm starting the clock now. Okay, Monica, if I recall, last week we briefly mentioned that we were going to be talking about Anna Karenina, and I believe you said that Anna Karenina was too damn much. (laughs) This movie is too damn much on the set design. Could you elaborate on what you meant by that? It is just like, you have style 
And then there's just overstyle. Joe, Joe Wright decided to go with the sort of literal theatrical adaptation of Anna Karenina and sets it mostly upon the stage for the first and second half, then mysteriously kind of does away with it in the third half, which, um, for all intents and purposes and in keeping with the tone, totally sucked. It took me out of the movie if I was trying to figure out whether or not she was acting for a proscenium arch or if she was actually running around in the streets of Russia. Uh, my mind just kept going everywhere like, what is he doing? Just where am I? I don't even know anymore. Yeah, he sets things almost, at times, literally on a stage. Very literally on the stage. Like, even the players in the rafters who you wouldn't see and in the wings, you see all this. So I, right. I like I kind of point a finger to Tom Stoppard and I was like I see what you did there, but he doesn't hold to it. You've got backdrops changing yep. in the middle of a scene. You've got props entering and exiting scenes. Mm-hmm. You'll you'll literally see characters walk instead of just cutting from one scene to the next. Characters will walk and then suddenly be in this new environment. Yep. And it's it's a really interesting technique, but I, I, I get the impression it didn't work for you. So, my thing is this is supposed to be like a very passionate love story. This is supposed to be like a woman torn between her two loves. Well, add that to the theatricality of a stage play and all the overdramatics of, you know, having like the Scarlett O'Hara faint and all that kind of stuff. And it just, it becomes so over the top that I wanted her to suffer. Like, I was like, <laughs> clearly you're asking for everything bad to you to happen ever because it's, it's just, she's, it becomes like, this is a passionate struggle between two people, two men that she loves. And it turns into, she just being a brat and wants everything. I will agree with you there. I, I think that there are some, some serious flaws when it comes to the presentation of, of Anna as a character. However, overall, I kind of liked it. I, I didn't mind a lot of the theatrical aspects of it. I would it. have loved it if he kept to it. Like, it wouldn't even have hit me so hard if he didn't just all of a sudden drop it. For an... I, th- I think I don't even, I think he did it for a reason, though. At the end, where, like, it's just everything's falling apart. Oh, wait, 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 I got it. I got it. She was acting like she was in love with Jude Law's character, and now that that facade is gone, then it's real. I think that there was a reason for it. We can talk about it in part two. But overall, I didn't, I did notice as the film went on that there was less attention being called to the theatrical aspects of it. But I didn't mind that very much. The budget ran out. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's it. Maybe it was a budget problem. I did think that the, the performances were very good. Jude Law in particular, even though Craig Lindsay called him a mangina, I think he does a very, good job is just this very strict yeah rigid traditional presence yeah you know when he's on screen you're not sure if you should like him or hate him mm-hmm. but you care about him just because he's he has so much of a screen presence and so i i thought the performances were good i do think that the movie does kind of lose steam Mm-hmm. As it moves on, yeah. But overall, I'm willing to forgive a lot of its problems, and I would, I would say, go see it. And I do think that even though you could, you could definitely argue that this theatrical style and this aesthetic doesn't quite work, it's certainly interesting, and it's definitely exciting at times, and and it's not the usual. It's a curiosity piece. 
It's very interesting to watch, but I don't think he pulls it off. I don't think he he fully pulls it off, but I think he pulls it off more than he doesn't. Because, like, I'm even thinking Yankee Doodle Dandy from 1942. That has a lot. It has the theatrical parts on a stage, and they're very creative. They use a lot of tech. It's the story of George N. Cohen, who is a Broadway choreographer, and his story takes place off on the wings or whatnot. But when he's actually on stage performing his pieces, they use technology of the time to make it much more modern than it would have been in the you know 1800s when Cohen was actually doing stuff on Broadway. So it was a like a, almost an adaptation of his pieces, and they you know brought it up and made it more interesting for the screen. And into that sense, I think it worked because there was a very clear difference of when he was on stage and when he was off. And this one, it's I couldn't find the rhyme or reason why she was on stage, off stage, off back into the woods. I didn't get it. I was completely lost as to why this, this aesthetic was being dropped and picked up. Well, we've talked a lot about the aesthetic of the movie. <laughs> did you find yourself emotionally involved at all? I mean, did no. did the story work for you? Did the characters work for you? No. <laughs> no. Okay. They they worked more for me, actually. You you go because I've been angry about this, but <laughs> okay. Even when at times the the Anna Karenina storyline didn't work for me, I found myself invested in the Levin Kitty storyline, which is another storyline running throughout the film. Because it made more sense. I just it say did that. make a little bit more sense, yeah. sure. And between the two of them, even though I'm not sure I came away from the film feeling completely satisfied, there were definitely certain moments and certain scenes in the film that I really liked and that I thought were handled very well. Individual scenes, whether it's with Anna Karenina and Count Vronsky or, or with Levin and Kitty, individual moments worked really well, even if at times the overall arc seemed a little bit unsteady. Hmm. Yeah, again, it was that so, it was so overdramatic. I just really, I was actually rooting for her to get her downfall at this point and <laughs> her comeuppance because I'm just like, Oh my God, shut up. Like it, it was, it's just, it got annoying. It started great on me. We'll talk about this more in part two, but do you, do you think that Anna Karenina is supposed to be a sympathetic figure? I mean, I do. I almost feel like it's supposed to be a representation of like, if given the chance for temptation, like, do you give up everything for that? Or, I mean, I think this is also back in the 1800s, so this is a moral story. So how easy anyone can fall into this trap and then fall in love with this illusion or whatnot and just fall head over and just destroy themselves. It's her downfall. And then there's other versions of this, too. This is like, what, the eight, I can't I can't remember what it was, but like the eighth or ninth adaptation of this um, right. story. So like I've seen the Garbo version before, and I definitely cared more about her character than I did for Kiera's uh, Anna Karenina. And there's a completely, totally different, you know, style, aesthetic, script writing, dialogue. Like, you know, we're talking about, what, 80 years difference? What do you, why do you think that is? Because I think Garbo played her like a human being and not like a cartoon character. Oh, okay. So you think Kira Knightley was a cartoon? Okay. I don't, I, I don't. We're going to talk about specific scenes far. where it was just like, okay, like this is where style stepped over humanity because nobody does that. I don't know anybody who acts like this. Okay. I definitely think that there are certain scenes, particularly in the second half, where that might be the case. Mm -hmm. But overall, I thought that the performances 
were pretty good and and not too over the top at least for me and as i mentioned last week maybe that's my fault you know i don't mind a little bit of heavy-handedness i don't mind a little bit of melodrama so overall i'd say it 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 worked for me i would recommend that people go check out the film would you recommend that they see it or should do you think they should stay at home uh like wait till it comes on netflix or something like it's a curiosity piece for me because it is i mean it is aesthetically pleasing it is very interesting how they do it they clearly spend a lot of time in the planning and execution of it but i don't think in terms of like investment like story investment and like do you really care about this character uh, i definitely didn't and it just felt long and long. And I, I was really grateful that the person in front of me took out their cell phone to check the time or so because that's how I would keep time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just really started to feel, I felt like I was melting into my chair in not the good way. Wow, that's that's quite something. If, if, if you would... If you wanted people to take out their phones in the middle of the theater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was that bad. I was like, God, it feels like two hours. Oh, shoot, it's only 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it sounds like you would not recommend that people see the film. It sounds like you were not a fan of it. I would say check it out if you get the chance. I think it gets more right than it gets wrong. But uh, I think that'll wrap it up for part one of our episode on Anna Karenina here on Cinema Fix. Don't forget to tune in to part two for a much more in-depth discussion about the film, and and we'll really dive into the details about what works and, and what doesn't. Uh, and don't forget to tune in next week when we'll be discussing some little independent movie, I think, uh, that no one's really heard of called The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. Do you know anything about that movie, Monica? I, it was made by hipsters. Uh, that that must be it. This is, is this the latest indie craze? It's not a real word, Hobbit. <laughs> I know, right? It stars some guy from the BBC. It's okay. <laughs> Nobody's ever heard of him. All right. Well, we'd love to get your feedback on the show. You can email us at cinemafix at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website at www.filmgeekradio.com. You can also subscribe to the show through iTunes. So if you liked this episode, please write us a review. That would really help us get the word out about the show. You can also donate to us through the website. We really appreciate your help. And don't forget to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio, including our new show, all about the ABC series Last Resort, Dispatches from St. Marina. Monica, where can people find you online? People can find me online on the Twitters at mcastymovies. That's M-C-A-S-T-I movies. They can also find my work all reposted on the BOFCA website. That's B-O-F-C-A dot com, and that is the Boston Online Film Critics Association. I'm Andrew Johnson. You can find some of my writing at filmgeekradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew. If you do follow me, be sure to send me a message and let me know you're a listener, and I will follow you back. That'll do it for this episode of Cinema Fix. I'm Andrew Johnson. I'm Monica Castillo. And have fun this week getting high on cinema. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio. Yeah.